this morning or to stand and honor the word of the living God today. Today we're looking in the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter number 22 and we're going to read verse number 30 this morning. The book of Ezekiel chapter number 22 and verse number 30. God says, I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. The title of my message today is, Be the Man. Be the Man. Father, I just pray today that that many males in this service this morning and in second service today will stand up and be the man. God, I pray that you will help me to be the man. God, I pray that you will help us to challenge these men today. God, I pray, Lord, that your anointing will be heavy in this house today. This challenge will be received today. Father, make changes in every life today. All for the glory of God, we ask in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Being a male is a matter of birth. Being a man is a matter of choice. And my hope this morning is that many of you males in this room this morning will make the choice to be the man. Now in the time of Ezekiel chapter 22, much corruption was going on in the land going on among the people of God and even among the spiritual leadership. And God sought for a man, any man, even just one man, who would intercede for revival and intercede for spiritual restoration. And Ezekiel records that God sought long and he sought hard for that man but found no one, no, not even one. I believe God is, in, God is still in search of a man. Hallelujah. Now at the end of every year, I, I get along with God and I seek God for direction for the coming year. And God usually gives me a word. It's usually just one word, but God usually gives me one word that, that describes and directs me about the coming year. It doesn't happen every year. And two or three years ago, I got a word, and I heard so much word about that word for a whole year that I didn't even pray the end of that year. I felt beat up and bloody. I'll just take a year off, God. That word was change. But it was a word from God. 
God usually gives me a word, one word that describes and directs me about the coming year. Doesn't happen every year, but almost always does. Next Sunday, say next Sunday. Next Sunday, I'm going to tell you what that one word is for 2013. Please be here next Sunday and hear the word that God has given to me for 2013. But as I was seeking God and talking to God and trying to hear from God, God not only gave me a word for the coming year, but God also impressed upon my heart that I was to teach our men the first several Saturday mornings of 2013. That I was to teach them how to be a better man, how to be a better husband, and how to be a better father. God said in Ezekiel 22 and 30 that he was seeking and searching for a man. God is still seeking and searching today for a man. And the question that I have for all of us males in this room today, is there anyone here today willing to be the man? My wife asked, what are you preaching on Sunday? I said, be the man. She said, what about us ladies? If you ladies I'm trying to be real nice here. Let me just say this. You ladies ought to be jumping and clicking your heels up. I'm trying to bring you home a better man. Besides that, I'm not a woman, so I don't know all that much about him, but I do know about Men. Someone in here today, first of all, will you be a man of vision? Will you be a man of vision? A wife asked her husband, said, are you a man or a mouse? Come on, squeak up. A man of vision is a leader. And too many today, too many men today are shirking their leadership role. In too many homes today, the jacks are saying, we'll let Geraldine do it. And the Geralds are saying, well, can't Geraldine do it? And the Sams are saying, let Samantha do it. Now let me be crystal clear this morning so I don't get tarred and feathered by the ladies. I'm not saying that a woman cannot lead anything. I am not a male chauvinist. I am saying that God has not changed his mind. He made man the leader in his home. And most wives and mothers would love it if their husbands would step up and lead. So my question today is who dares to be the man? Who will be a man of vision? Proverbs 29 and 18 says that where there is no vision, the people perish. Now we're told today that over 50% of families are perishing today by means of divorce. Now, I'm not saying that it's all the man's fault. 
Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. Most of the time, fault can be found on both sides of the fence. What I am saying is, if people perish because of a lack of vision or because of a lack of leadership, men of vision will increase the odds of success by a wide margin. Let me just mention three things about a man of vision this morning. First of all, a man of vision sees what no one else sees. A man of vision will see what no one else sees. He can see both the good and the bad. He can see the positive as well as the negative. He can see the pros as well as the cons. No one else may be able to see it, but he can. Not only can a man of vision see what no one else can see, a man of vision, number two, sees before anyone else sees. A little help along the way would help me a little bit. Somebody said hindsight is 2020. Well, most people can see something when they look back on it. Not hard to look behind you, not hard to look backward and see something, but a man of vision can see before anyone else sees it. He can see it coming before it even gets there. How often have I heard people say, I didn't see it coming. Why not? Why not? And then number three, a man of vision sees farther, farther than anyone else sees. See, most people cannot see beyond the obstacles. Most people are blinded by the obstacles. But a man of vision can see beyond the obstacles all the way to the finished product. Now, I'm not trying to make myself look good this morning, but it's just a fact. That ten years ago, most people could only see the obstacles. But when I drove by this property, I told my wife, if they elect us, in two years, this whole thing can be turned around. Hallelujah. Two years. And you know what? In two years, we were in here. Amen. Because a man of vision is not blinded by the obstacles. A man of vision can look farther than anybody else can look. He can see beyond the obstacles. A man without vision will see things as they are. A man with vision will see things as they could and will be. So, Daddy, how do you see your son? Do you see him as a dope addict? Because that's what he is. Do you see him backslid away from God because that's where he's at? Or can you look beyond where they are and see 
where they can be. The dictionary says that this word vision means to sense or anticipate. It means to visualize in the mind what is not yet visible to the eye. So my question today is who will be the man? Who will be a man of vision? Who will dare to open their eyes and see the potential in your family? See the potential in your ministry? See the potential in your future that nobody else can see? Who will be the first to see it? Who can see farther than anyone else? Uh, What do you see this morning? Do you see the obstacles or do you see the opportunity? Who is willing this morning to be the man? In order to be the man, not only must you be a man of vision, but also a man of values. Two men pulled off an unbelievable prank. They broke into a department store late at night. The funny thing is they didn't steal anything. Instead, they swapped all the price tags around. All over the store, they swapped price tags from one item to the other. This is a true story. Next day, store was opened. Business as usual. (laughs) Or so they thought. What's even funnier is for four hours. For four hours, nobody noticed that the price tags had been swapped. Some people got some incredible deals. And some got ripped off. Valuable, valuable goods sold for cheap, while cheap goods sold for ten times their value. Funny story. What's not funny is that's exactly what is happening today. People may know the price of something, but they don't understand true value. A real man is a man of values. A real man understands value. He will not sell for cheap what has value. And neither will he value what is cheap. So let me talk about two things this morning that a real man will value. Number one, a real man will value his family. In case you haven't been paying attention, I'm all about family. And it didn't start yesterday. Let's look in the book of Ephesians chapter 5. The book of Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 22. Here's instruction to the family. Paul says, wives, submit to your own husband... Say your own husband. That's another sermon. 
Wives, submit to your own husband as to the Lord. Amen. For the husband is the head of the wife. He's what? You didn't even stutter. Well, I knew you wouldn't stutter, Ricky. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he's the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in about everything. No, in what? In everything. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ also loved the church. (laughs) Wow, I could spend a lot of time there. How much did the Lord love his church? Enough to die for it. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. This is the reason that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself, glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. 28. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. It's a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects Her husband, chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. This is right. Honor your father and mother. Didn't say honor honorable mothers and fathers, did it? Honor your father and mother, whether they're honorable or not. Honor your father and your mother. They're still your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Why? That it may be well with you. Bad things are really going bad in my life. How are you treating your parents? Well, I got a lot of preaching stuff here and I'm not even preaching on this. That it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Let me ask the husbands and the fathers here today. What value do you place on your wife and kids? Oh, pastor, that's a silly question. Of course we place a high value on them. Well, let me ask you this then today. Do they know it? Do they know that you value them? Have you ever told them how much you value them? Do you prove to them how much you value them through your actions? What do you you mean, Pastor? I I go to work every single day so I can provide for them. Well, whoopee-doo. Good for, you want a plaque? This ain't even Father's Day. It's your responsibility. It's what you signed up for. You should do that. But let me tell you something. There's something that your wife and your children need from you 
that is even more important than food and shelter and clothing. They need one-on-one time with you. They need love and affection and affirmation. I thought they got that from mama. Yeah, they'll get it from mama, but they really want it from daddy. They need to hear coming out of your mouth how much you love them and how proud you are of them. Let me tell you what most men are guilty of. And please, please, man, please forgive me because I really want this to be a challenge and it sounds like a chastisement, but I really want this just to be a challenge. But let me tell you what most fathers are guilty of. Bragging on their kids to everybody but their kid. My kid's better than your kid. My kid's faster than you. And they'll tell everybody but the one that needs to hear it the most. When I preach like this, if Harold Reichert were here, he would tell me after church, I wish I heard this preached when I was raising my kids. You're raising your kids now, pay attention. If you've already raised them, let me tell you, it's not too late. It's going to be hard. Ain't going to come easy, but it's not too late. Amen. Amen. They need to hear coming out of your mouth how much you love them, how proud you are of them. They, they, They need you to touch them with a tender touch. They need you to be powerful, strong, and tender. They need you to put your old burly calloused hand tenderly on them. And husbands, your wife, she needs non-sexual touches, hugs, affection from you on a regular basis. I'm not preaching to the ladies yet, but let me just say while I'm saying this, ladies, your husband needs sexual touches <laughs> and hugs and affection from you regularly. Just say it. Fathers, your kids place you on a pedestal. You are their hero. Or at least they want you to be their hero. So let me tell you fathers, what is the greatest gift that you can give to your kids? The greatest gift, father, that you can give to your kids? It's not an iPhone. Not an iPad. Not an iPod. Not an i-anything. It's not a new car. It's not a trip to Disney World. The greatest gift a father can give to his children is to love their mother. No greater gift can a father give to his kids than to love their mother because nothing gives a child more security in life than than to see their father and their mother show affection 
I'm not saying have a make-out session in the living room. <laughs> Unless the kids are asleep. Then I would recommend that. Nothing gives a child more security than to see mom and dad embracing, speaking kind words, loving one another, giving each other priority. Now let me pause for a moment and say this. I realize that many of you are divorced. So, no, you no longer, no longer is it possible for you to show affection to the mother or father of your children. Because you're divorced. But you can still speak well of them. You can still be kind and considerate and civil. You see, your kids didn't divorce their mama. They didn't divorce their daddy. And divorce is incredibly hard on the kids. So don't make it worse on them by speaking ill and berating their father or their mother that you have divorced. And tell the kids, mommy and daddy divorced because we couldn't get along. It's not your fault, it's our fault. And your mommy or your daddy is still your mommy or daddy and they are still good people even if we're divorced. Never speak anything bad about the mother or father of your children no matter how bad they have hurt you. If you need to vent to somebody, vent to a friend, vent to the pastor, vent, but not to your kids. It will only hurt them more than they're already hurting. Be the man. Be be a man who who values his family. Because, listen to me, friend, at the end of the day, the only three things in this life of true value are our faith, our friends, and our family. That's it. Sorry, buddy. But the Mercedes will eventually rust. The mansion will deteriorate. Inflation will eat up your nest egg. Your health will fade. Your life's work will disappear with time and change. In 1991, I founded Harvest Time Church in Midland. Built the church from zero to 250 people on a Sunday morning. Built and paid for an 18,000 square foot building this size and served the church for 10 years. Five years later, I was visiting on a Sunday morning. I'm standing out in the foyer. Someone came to me in the foyer and said... 
So glad to have you in our church today. Are you a first-time visitor? I wanted to say, first-time visitor. Am I a first-time visitor? Don't you know who I am? I'm Papa. I'm the founder. I built this church out of nothing. I put thousands and thousands of my own dollars in this church. I sweat blood to bring this church about. My name is on a plaque on the front door that the people placed there after I left. No, I am not a first-time visitor. Of course I didn't say that. I smiled. I graciously said, I'm Pastor Benson. I'm Pastor Chad's dad. Pastor Chad was the pastor at that time. What are you saying? I'm saying everything that you place so much value on isn't really as valuable as you think it is. And the things that you do not value enough are really the most valuable. Be the man. Be a man of values. Real men value their family Not only do real men value their family, but they also value their faith. Listen to me, guys. Your wife and your kids need to be the need you to be the priest of your home. They need you to lead them in the area of faith. They need to see you worship. I asked my wife the other day, I said, should I quit dancing on the front row? <laughs> you know, I'm at a time in my life, I have to ask a lot of questions, to, you know, because I don't know what, you know, a lot of things we ought to do and not do. And I said, should I quit dancing on the front I mean, you know. No, honey. You know why I dance in the front row? For a couple of reasons. Number one, I, I just can't stand a preacher that Sits all solemn and smug on his chair. If y'all just get everything out of the way, the real man will come up and take charge. Amen? Amen. And number two, I'm a worshiper. I love to worship. I want to be an example. I'm not asking you to don't dance like me because I don't know how. (laughs) It was sin when I was growing up. I'm a late bloomer and I'm not blooming very well. (laughs) But all I'm doing is being enthusiastic. All I'm doing is just showing God, God, you're worth it. I mean, 
They laughed at David when he danced. So I'll tell you something, woman. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet. That's what David said. <laughs> woman, you've probably seen as much as you're going to see. <laughs> Your wife, your kids, that they need, they need you to lead them in the area of faith. They need to see you worship. They need to hear you pray. They need you to, they need to watch as you walk out your faith by being and doing what the Bible says. They need you to model a man of faith before their eyes. They need you to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. They need you to live at home what you portray at church. Eli was a priest in the Old Testament. His story is found in the first few chapters of 1 Samuel. Eli failed. Eli's failure was he wasn't at home what he was at church. He was a priest in the temple. But evidently he was not the priest of his home. He was a mentor to Samuel in the temple, but he failed to mentor his own boys at home. Think about it. Now to contrast Eli, I'm thinking about a man named Abraham. Now, evidently, Abraham was the priest of his home. It would seem that Abraham did, that Abraham did mentor his son, Isaac. You, you know the story found in Genesis chapter 22 where, where God told Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac on the altar. And, and long story short, when the time came for the sacrifice, Isaac looks at his father and he says, Hey, Dad! Hey, Dad, we've got a problem. Hey, Dad, I, I, we've got the altar, we've got the wood, we've got the fire, we've got everything we need for the sacrifice, but where is the lamb that will be sacrificed? Well, my question this morning is, how did young Isaac know that they didn't have all that they needed for the sacrifice or for worship? How did he know it? Evidently because his father taught him about worship. Evidently because his father mentored him. Evidently because his father was an example to him in worship. Uh, uh, let me challenge the males in this room today. Be the man. Man up! Be a man who values his faith. Be the priest of your home. Take the lead in spiritual things. Be a spiritual mentor to your kids. Don't mentor everybody else's kids at church and fail to mentor your own kids at home. And while I'm here, and i got to hurry, but while I'm here, be the man at church too. Step up and invest some of your time as a royal ranger leader. Mentoring boys to become godly men. Yes. Yes. Or a youth sponsor. Amen. 
who helps Pastor Steve and Priscilla carry the, the burden and load of the, of the youth or volunteer with kids' classes or children's church or, or the praise team or ushers or greeters or, 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 or real men love Jesus and they're not afraid to show it. Got to hurry. Be a man of vision. Be a man of values. And thirdly and finally this morning, be a man of valor. Real men are courageous men. Real men are men like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Young men, yes, but courageous. Men who refuse to bow to peer pressure. Men who are willing to die for their faith. Real men are like David who possessed the courage it would take to face the enemy of his people even if this enemy just happened to be a giant. You see, David was the only real man among thousands of males. Just a teenager in years, but a man in heart. And a man in courage. And a man in valor. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would defy the armies of the living God? David asked. Let me tell you something. David wasn't just showing off that day. Much was at stake and David knew it. You see, who the God of the people would be in the future would be determined that day. David knew the seriousness of the situation. Israel's destiny would be determined by what was done about the giant that day. Oh, listen to me, men. Listen, listen, listen. Do you understand the seriousness of the situation today? Do you understand that the destiny of your family and the destiny of your land will be determined by what we do or don't do about the giants that we are confronted with right this very minute? If a burglar was banging on your door, man, you wouldn't send your wife to the front door. Hopefully. I'm going to tell you something. There's somebody knocking, 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 knocking. There's somebody that is desperately trying to steal and to kill and destroy your sons and your daughters. And yet you're sending your wife to the door. Why don't you be the man? Pastor, what do we do? I'm going to help you know what to do. In the next seven Saturdays from 8.30 to 10 a.m., And never have I been more convinced of the Lord that I'm to do this and never have I been more scared. 
I made a pretty big promise. My promise to you is I'm going to spend as much time in preparation for Saturday morning, men, as I do for Sunday morning. I'm going to cry out to God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to cry out to God. I'm going to search every research I can and all of my things that I know. I'm going to just, you know, God, I think God wants to raise some men up in this place. And if you'll give me seven Saturday mornings from 8.30 to 10, Surely your marriage is worth that much. Surely your children are worth that much. Will you make this investment? Well, Pastor, I'm not married. I don't have any kids. Wonderful! You haven't messed anything up yet. (laughs) I want you to come more than anybody else. Yes, I want men that have kids at home and are married. Yes, yes, I don't care how young you, you know, how old you are. But I, if, you're, if you're 18 to 30 and you're not married and you don't have kids, oh, oh, I want you to come. Oh, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish somebody did something like this for me when I was 18. Do you want a good marriage someday? Do, do, do you want to become a good father someday? Well, duh. Does it not make sense to learn about something before you enter into it instead of just trying to wing it or learn as you go or fix it after it gets broke? Worship team, get back in place this morning. Let me finish with this. Still talking about being a man of valor. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the Bible. Like David was in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and 18. Let let me give you four things about men of valor. Um, Very, very quickly. Four things about a man of valor. They're they're in your notes. Number one this morning, a man of valor stands for something. Stands for something. David stood for his God. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would defy the armies of the living God? Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego stood for something. Let me ask you, fellas, do you stand for anything? Men of valor stand for something. Number two, men of valor stand alone. David was the only one Thousands of men. Or let me say that again. Thousands of males. Only one man of valor. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were the only ones standing. 
everybody else bowed. Men of valor stand for something. They stand alone. Number three this morning, men of valor withstand criticism. David's very own brother says, it's just out of the naughtiness of your heart. What do you mean you're going to? You're the runt. You're the youngest. We're not willing, but you think you're willing? Who are you? And finally, number four, a man of valor withstands jealousy. After David defeated the giant, King Saul became jealous of him because of the love, the admiration, and the respect that his valor brought to him from the people. Stand with me this morning. My question today is who is willing to man up today? Who's willing to man up? Who is willing to be the man? Will you be the man? Will you man up? If you are willing to be the man, if you are willing to man up, there's two things I'm going to ask of you today. The first thing I'm going to ask of you today, and that is for you, if you're going to be willing to be the man, if you're going to be willing to man up, I want you to get down here to the front in just a moment. I want you to get down here to the front and I want you to start becoming an example to your family in worship. And then when you go home, become the priest of your home. Become the spiritual leader of your home. And the second thing I want you to do is I want you to fill out a connection card and check. Just all I need is your name and please print your name and then on the back check off that you're going to come on Saturday so I know how many donuts to buy. And I want you to see this as a commitment. I commit to this. Because I'm going to tell you something. Tomorrow you're not going to feel like this. Today you are. But tomorrow you're not. And next Saturday morning about 7.30 you're not going to feel like it. So I want this to be not a connection card but a commitment card. Unless I am sick, really sick, contagious sick. My football coach used to tell us There's only one reason for missing practice. And he said, you're going to a funeral and you're in the casket. (laughs) But I'm not your football coach today. But I am asking you today to make a commitment. Not to me, but a commitment to your wife and a commitment to your children or your future wife and your future children. Yes, yes, if pastors will. See, I'm not going to get any more money for this. It's not going to be easy for this. It's going to be hard. I'm, not, I'm just telling you, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for us. And I probably will be a better husband and father and Paul when this is all done too. Two 
things I want you to do. I want you to get down here, men, and be the man in worship. Go home and be the priest of your house and then get one of these connection cards. The ushers will have them on your way out or there's one on your seat. Hopefully many of you have already checked them out. Uh, Check them off. Check them and say, unless I'm sick or I have to work or something drastic happens, I will give my wife, I will give my my children, I will give my family these seven Saturdays. I'm committed to them. All right, who's going to be the man? Who's going to be the man? Who's going to man up? Who's going to man up? Are you 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 going to man up? Father, I just pray today for every male in this room today. God, I pray that we will not only be male, that's the way we were born, and I thank you for that, but I just pray that we will not only be males, but we will be the man. We will man up. We will become the leader in our home that we need to be. We will. We'll stop sending Geraldine to the door. Gerald will answer the door. Samantha's not going to answer the door. Sam is going to answer the door. God, I just pray, Lord, today we've heard a challenging message. We've been motivated. We've been stirred. The Holy Spirit's done His work. But tomorrow's going to be different and next Saturday morning's going to be different. I pray today, God, that these men will draw the line in the sand and they will make the commitment, yes, I will be here. I will make that investment for my family. All right, men, come on. Let me see you worship. Let me hear you worship today. Come on, men. Men, worship. Men, worship. Men, worship. Come on, men. Get your hands up in the air. Show your surrender to God. Let me see the man in this house. Let me see the man in this house. Worship today. Worship today. Be the man today. Be the man. Be the man. Be the man. Be the man. Be the man.
give the Lord some praise in this place. Hallelujah. Well, we are officially dismissed. Men, don't forget to fill out a connection card and mark on the back of it that you're going to attend. There's a connection card on your seat or an usher will have it in the back. Everybody else, have a wonderful afternoon and God bless you.